Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. When you drove through your neighborhood this morning... Most of the people don't even leave the neighborhood on Sunday morning because they think this is a what? A no, no, no place. No, it has to be you and I changing them to a yes, yes, yes place. Can I ask you to write this? This is the principle. It has to come from you. It will not come from advertising. We do a lot of stuff on social media, but you are the key. Yes, we serve God. We come to church because we get to, not because we have to. We've seen throughout the book of Luke that Jesus was in the regular habit of attending Sabbath services, no matter where he was or what he was involved with. The Pharisees, on the other hand, were so focused on the appearance of godliness by their synagogue attendance that they completely missed the reason for being there. Pastor Mark will be teaching that church attendance is an activity we get to do rather than what we have to do. That difference is in part because of the benefits we receive from corporate worship and fellowship. We pray this message stirs in your heart a desire to meet with other Christ followers too. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark with part two of his message, No, 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 or Yes, Yes, Yes. Jesus said, no, 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 no. In the beginning, when God created the earth, I was there. I was part of the threesome. Let us make man in our image. And so Jesus says this, I am God, the Lord of the Sabbath. I decide how to apply the law. I have authority over the Sabbath. See, Jesus constantly knew this was an issue. These guys were prideful. And Look at the statement he makes in Mark chapter 2. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. That's huge. What does he mean? The Sabbath was made for man's good. It's a blessing. Can I remind you this morning that God wants to bless us? He knows how our life should work. And so understand, that's where this work six Rest one fits in. Well, Pastor Mark, I'm not like into that. I'm I'm a a seven-day-a-week guy. Or work six days? No, five is good enough for me, baby. No way. No, six days and one day to rest. Now, I have a Sabbath day. It is Tuesdays. That's the day I kick back, take my wife to lunch, do stuff, work in the yard, all kind of different kind of work, different things that I'm normally doing. You need, for your health, a Sabbath day. It's a principle to refresh, refocus, and get ready. I'm serious. Now, it's not legalistic. I'm not going to call you and say, did you have your Sabbath this week? (laughs) But it's a principle. Why did God design six and one? For whose benefit? 
Whose benefit? Your benefit. Well, God doesn't know me. Really? Who created you? Like, are you self-created? Of course God knows us. So he understood this principle. I have to work hard at it because I'm a seven-day-a-week kind of a guy. You need to think about that. It's a great principle. If you want to know more about the Sabbath, I don't have time this morning, but you can go to our series we did on the Ten Commandments. You can get right on the website, calvarycm.com. Look it up. There's a whole hour, a little more than an hour teaching on the Sabbath. You can go there. Now, by the way, when we get to the New Testament, the Sabbath remains for the Jewish people. What, what, what happened with the New Testament church? We worship on the first day of the week, Sunday. Just changed. But again, the Sabbath isn't just about worship. The Sabbath is about that rest in that time that was made as a blessing from you. Well, uh, Jesus is going to go on. Look at verse 6. On another Sabbath, so the next Sabbath, we don't know if it's one week or whatever. On another Sabbath, Jesus went in to where? Now, let me read it like this. On another Sabbath, Jesus got up and he said to his disciples, look, we've been two weeks in a row We're not going back to church three weeks in a row. This is crazy. I need a day off from the Sabbath. Some of you go, praise God, Mark, where is that in the Bible? No, that is not in the Bible. On another Sabbath, what does Jesus automatically do? Where does he go? He goes to church. Now, what is Jesus doing? He's setting a principle for us. He's setting a principle for you. An example. One day, as the church in the New Testament expanded, Paul had to, well, he had to write correction because many people had a habit of going this week, well, there's soccer this week, we know, third week and fifth week, or we're going to go camping on the third week. Let's see how many times we can miss church, and, but we're still serving God. So Paul writes this, let us not give up meeting together as some of the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. See, the Bible exhorts us to meet together corporately every single week. It's not legalistic. Nobody takes role. But we are here together to refocus and be refreshed spiritually. It should never be for you and I an option It should be a primary focus, but sometimes things happen. That's fine. But can I say something to you? It's very important. Nothing can take the place of corporate worship. Nothing. You can sit at home, and many of you are doing that right now, and I have no problem. We have the internet for you. We love it. Lots of people are places where they can't get church, or you're sick, or you're in a hospital, you're older, you can't get here. Blessings. We love you. But what I want to say to you, if you get up in the morning and go, you know, I just don't feel like going to church. I just put the tube on and sit here and have a cup of go. I saw some of you last week. It's a two-way deal. You didn't know it, did you, baby? No, I'm just kidding with you. Nothing can take the place of what's happening right now. Nothing. Nothing. When you get that, you'll start growing spiritually. Who set the pattern? Not me. Jesus. Now the Sabbath? Let's go to the synagogue. Now, this, this scene goes to a different controversy. Look at verse 6 again. On another Sabbath, he went in the synagogue was teaching. And a man was there, whose right hand was shriveled. 
Now, right hand is important because most of us are what? So here's a man. Look at me. We don't know how long he's been this way. His right hand is shriveled. Would that affect you? Work, home, play, everything. We don't know why it was. There's some commentators that believe that the Jewish people actually set this man there, called him to come to church that week. You'll see why in a moment. Remember when the woman came caught in adultery, the Pharisees brought the woman caught in adultery. There was no man brought. It was a setup. So we don't know. Maybe this was true. But here's a man who has a deformed right hand, which is useless. Now look at verse 7. And the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, there in the service as well, were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. Look at me. Why were the Jewish religious leaders at church? Were they there to worship God? No, they were not there to worship God. They were there to find evidence to get rid of Jesus. Can you imagine? The religious leaders, the teachers are there not to worship God, but to find fault and get something on Jesus. No, no, no people. Do you understand this morning outside this? What does the world think of what we're doing in here right now? No, no, no. What a miserable thing. You have to go to church. You're in there every week doing it, and they think everything is wrong in here. That's a place where we just tell people, you can enjoy life. God loves you, but everything is wrong. Now, how is that reputation going to change? Only you can change it. You need to understand, we need to tell people we're far from a perfect church. When you walk in here, it's not a no-no church. It's a yes, yes, yes church. Now, you say, well, that's not really my responsibility. Yes, it is. Linda and I were at the mall yesterday. We didn't go to the mall very much, but we were there and and went over to have a Chick-fil-A sandwich. And the food vendors were sampling their food. And they're giving, you know, piece of chocolate chip cookie out. And other people had all their meals and whatever. Why would those food vendors from all those different restaurants be giving free samples out? Why? Because many of the people had never what? Walked in the door of those restaurants. So they wanted them to say, come on in. It's good here. That's why they were there. Do you understand when you look at some of the new restaurants we have in our area? How do they become popular because they advertise. No. How does a restaurant become very popular? Because you go there and what? You tell people about it. Yeah. How many of you have been to Cheddar's? Let me see you've been to Cheddar's. Why do you go to Cheddar's? Oh, because of their advertising. No, you go there because somebody said to you, it's good food, pretty reasonable, a little loud in there, but you can stand in line until Jesus comes and then you'll finally get in. You know, in Singapore, when we're in Singapore, you can go into a place about this size and there'll be 55 or 70 restaurants in this place, right right here, right here. You walk in, you go, well, where should we go? When you see a line from one of the stalls, where are you going? You go stand in the line. If a guy's over there going, please come here and there's nobody there, you're moving right along. 
See, the world doesn't understand. There's a new Chinese restaurant called the Crystal Buffet. It's fantastic. We heard from somebody from China that the food is authentic from China. Now, why are they jammed all the time? Because somebody what? Who's going to tell people that inside of our campuses, God is here? You are. You are. Because the world doesn't get it. When you drove through your neighborhood this morning, most of the people don't even leave the neighborhood on Sunday morning. Because they think this is a what? A no, no, no place. No, it has to be you and I changing them to a yes, yes, yes place. Can I ask you to write this? This is the principle. It has to come from you. It will not come from advertising. We do a lot of stuff on social media, but you are the key. Yes, we serve God. We come to church because we get to, not because we have to. Parents, if you raise your children to come to church... Because you have to, it will, in the future, bite you. You say, well, I never say that, but maybe you act like it. All right, we'll go again. But if you say, we need to go to church. What I like is because our kids' ministry is so fantastic. You know what happens to a visitor? That kid goes home and goes, we're going to church next week. Right, Dad? (laughs) Amen. You see, they get it. They get it. You have to be that kind of person. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Now, these dead religious traditions of leaders had defined. Here's this man with a shriveled hand. They defined this. If a person was dying on the Sabbath, you could treat them. But if they broke their arm, they broke their hip, they had a big cut, wasn't life-threatening, you must wait till the next day. This was normal. Now, notice the verse we just read. The Jewish leaders are there watching to see if Jesus will what? Heal. Here are unbelievers that know Jesus can what? Heal. Do you know there's many Christians, some of you in this room right here, you're a believer, but you don't believe Jesus can heal. Isn't that amazing? They knew Jesus could heal. But they wanted to see if he would heal on the... Sabbath. Let me challenge you. So when you begin to see this happening, as they go through this, it was important to them. They didn't care about this man. Their tradition was the thing that was important. They didn't want this man healed except for one reason, to attack Jesus. Jesus knew this, and one day he said this, for you ignore God's law and substitute your own tradition. Then he said, you skillfully sidestep God's law in order to hold on to your tradition. Now, what were these religious leaders? They were complainers. They were nitpickers. They were critical. They were negative. They claimed to be lovers of God, but they're really lovers of their dead tradition, their religion. They focused on the no-no-nos of life, and basically... This man who, he was so limited, this man is a picture of the religious Jewish leaders. They were shriveled. They had no faith. They were useless as religious leaders. And Jesus knew it. And you're going to see how that works. Now, I want you to write this down this morning. The only thing I really want you to write down is the first then we're going to talk about this. Because this is a great application of a shriveled arm, right hand, right arm of a man, and how that means 
and looks in your life spiritually. So there's a spiritual application. Do I have this morning a shriveled life, a restricted life, what I'm doing for God, or is my life expanded? Am I open to do whatever? All of us struggle with this a little bit. All of us don't reach the potential God has for us, but he wants to heal us of that. He wants us to change this morning. So maybe this restricts your usefulness for God. See, we're here to expand his kingdom. Maybe there's fear. Well, man, Pastor Mark, if I go all in, I'm not sure what that means. Maybe it's a sin. David, when he committed adultery, he refused to repent for one year. He was shriveled for a whole year. Maybe there's a sin that God's been dealing with. You refuse to repent. So focused is a big one. The Bible tells us in the book of Timothy, in the last days, people will be lover of self rather than lovers of God. You know, all the selfies we see, that's it. We're focused on myself, and I can't be focused on myself. I need to be focused on what? Others. Others. Put that back up again. Look some more things that are here. Past hurts and failures. Pastor Mark, I I can't do what God wants me to do. The marriage broke up. I've been devastated. I'll never get married again. I don't like men, women. I can't trust them. I've been hurt at work. Christians hurt me. No, look, I failed. Don't let your past define today. Get past your past. And when we stand in a few moments, God supernaturally can heal you and give you a fresh look on life. Also, maybe you're here and you have that kind of prophetic thing that you're a a negative. You're always a nitpicker. Nothing's ever right. God can change you into a yes, yes person. He can challenge your heart this morning. Now, look at verse 8. It's kind of an interesting verse. But Jesus knew what they were thinking. Jesus knew these Pharisees, what they were up to. They were no, no, no people. And he's going to expose their shriveled lifestyle to the whole congregation. And he's going to ask a question that has no room to wiggle. I love it. So picture what happens here, verse 8. But Jesus knew what they were thinking. And he said to the man with the shriveled hand, get up and stand in front of everyone. So he got up and stood there. Now watch this. Just picture out from the audience. You're there at the synagogue. The man is in there and he comes up. I'll just be the man this morning. And he stands in front of the audience. Now, Jesus could have done this privately, healed the man, nobody would know. But he's going to do it in front of the crowd because he's going to expose the legalistic death tradition of the Jewish leaders. It was never designed to be that way. They were representatives of God, but they represented God wrong. So here's this man, and he's standing like this. Of course, he's probably not even looking at the people. He feels ashamed. It's not his fault. And she's going to ask a question. There's no way around it. Look at the question he asked, verse 9. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath? Why did God create the Sabbath? To do good or to do evil? 
To save life or to destroy it? In other words, what's your interpretation of the application of the Sabbath? What's lawful to you? And he's always focused this on the religious leaders, not the congregation. He says, is the purpose of the law on the Sabbath to do good or evil? Is the purpose of the law on the Sabbath to save a life or destroy it? His question by itself revealed the Pharisees' wickedness. If it was right to do good, then he's going to do good by healing this man. If it's wrong to do evil on the Sabbath, they were already breaking the law because they were trying to find a way to accuse Jesus of something that wasn't wrong. There's the two questions. You're the religious leaders. How are you going to answer that? Look at the next verse. How did they answer it? Look in your Bible. How did they answer it? They didn't answer it. Why didn't they answer it? What are they going to say? They're wrong either way. Isn't that wonderful of God? He knows how to give us a question that your smartness can't answer. So if they open their mouth, they're deadbeat. So they just shut up. It's over. God knew how to tell Jesus to ask these questions. You see, the next thing you see is verse 10. It's so powerful. He looked around at them all, and then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. He did so, and his hand was completely restored. Now, what do we call that? It's a miracle. It's supernatural. How many times do you think this man tried to stretch out his arm? Not in the service. How many times? Let's say he he was paralyzed, disfigured for 10 years. How many mornings in those 10 years do you think he tried to stretch out his hand? Every single day. He couldn't. He couldn't. Now, watch what Jesus, you know, these guys are there looking for what? Work. Interesting, Jesus doesn't touch the man. He just says the word. There's no work. Isn't that great? (laughs) Well, we're going to accuse you. You heal that man. No, I just said a word. (laughs) By the way, in a moment, when you stand like this, God's going to say a word to you. He's going to touch you. The Bible says he sent his word and healed them. It was supernatural. The next thing you see is, Did the man do a lot of work? (laughs) No, the man just stretched his hand. No work. Now, what are the Jewish religious leaders going to do? Dead meat again. There's no work involved. Now, when you look at that, what does it do? It reveals Jesus' authority over the Sabbath. What was Jesus saying? It's like any day of the week, including the Sabbath, is the appropriate time to touch and heal hurting people. Jesus told the man to stretch out his hand, something he could not do in the natural. The man stretched it out by faith and obedience. And instantly, God healed him supernaturally. He couldn't do it, but he responded in faith. He believed that God could heal him and in obedience. Well, we learned today that the world doesn't understand why we attend church services. Sometimes we don't either. Pastor Mark taught that Jesus was all about serving men and not having men serve the stuff that God put in place. 
We also learn that it is our responsibility to present Jesus, the gospel, and the church to our unsaved and unchurched friends in such a way that they will be interested in what we have to share. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. In the next teaching, Pastor Mark will be sharing further in Luke 6. He will be speaking about the stark contrast Jesus presented to the established dogma of the time. We'll be learning about the contrast between grace and freedom and legalism and bondage. Pastor Mark will be teaching about our need to put aside the world's value system as well as our culture system and embrace Jesus' value system and live like Him. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Everyday Life of Jesus. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving